Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. Uh, I am the number one, Mr. Quick. Shortly will be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about are we united or is this a united front? As a people in our respective communities, more so in the black community, we front like we're united. But in reality, we're divided. Now, the term front, in the way that I'm using it, is defined as an appearance or form of behavior assumed by a person to conceal their genuine feelings. We want to progress, and we want progression for people that resembles us, but we can't seem to come together or unite. The definition of unite is come or bring forth for a common purpose or action. So let's stop front and actually unite for the common cause of progression and equality for black Americans. Not to down any other group. Why are black Americans the group that can't or don't unite again to come or bring together for a common purpose or action? So without further ado, let's get right to it. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. We're talking about why essentially why can't we unite? Why we must front like we're united. Uh yeah, let's let's talk about that. So you know what a front is. A front is when something isn't as it really appears. But if we were if we were united, we wouldn't have to front. We would actually be united as we appear. So what's what holding the black community black back from uniting? Okay. Well, I guess if you're talking specifically the black community. I mean, I want to know if it if, if this is specific to a black community, but I mean, you know, I would say jealousy maybe. And maybe yeah, I'm not on the right have... track, so I probably... Okay. Go ahead. No, we do have, have a have a sense of a spirit of competitive um, competitiveness about us, meaning you know we see one person doing good, you know we have to also or do better, but in the sense of like a, it has a negative tone, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know why he doing good and why can't I? You know I can do this just like he can do this versus. You know, you do good and I do good and we both just doing good. You got that? Oh, sorry, sorry. 
I was on mute. Um, yeah, I got that. I think jealousy is definitely one, and probably the the major one. Um, and and I don't know if this this ties in with jealousy or not, but I mean, I would say um, classism. Classism. Okay. Okay. Elaborate on that. Uh, yes, give me one second, please. I'm sorry. Well, the definition of classism is a prejudice against or in favor of people belonging to a particular social class. Right, so when, um, Sometimes your status keeps you from supporting those that are in a different class than you. For instance, if you are, I guess what the world would call you, um, what the world would call middle class, um, then you know you you're going to be obviously you're going to live in a different area from the lower class with the poor, and so basically what happens is is because um, of demographics, I guess. You okay. you tend not to, you know, like band together because at that point, the same issues that the lower class people are suffering from aren't your aren't your issues. So, um, say like if you live in an area where you suffer from like. Um, a, a significant amount of police brutality, or um, what you call, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen everywhere, um, but I think statistics will show that it does happen more in um, more poverty neighborhoods. So, um, if you don't live in an area like that, then it, it's going to be harder for you to come. I mean, yeah, you do support them, but do you like? Do you really stand in? And support because at that point that that particular problem hasn't happened to you or that particular issue hasn't happened to you yet. You see what I'm saying? So when I say classism, I think demographics also play a part in that because um, once you graduate to the next level, um, income-wise or what have you, then you get another set of problems. So I think it becomes, for that reason, it kind of becomes difficult to genuinely support people who don't have the same issues as you. Right, I, I see that, and and I and I get that a hundred percent. I just know that those problems do. Uh, Happen mostly in the impoverished area versus an affluent area, um, but it's still a problem all the same because it could affect me just like it affect anyone else. Because you know you may travel or or have to go to an impoverished area, and no one is going to know that you're affluent. If you will. You know what I mean? 
Yes, I do know what you mean. So, I don't know. I wish it was. I wish it was just. I guess I, I'm not gonna say I wish it was one area over another area. I just wish that it that it, it will stop. I wish that everyone would be treated equally and the same, regardless of you know socioeconomics, regardless of political, regardless of uh, race, creed, and culture. You know, oh, and religion as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't even think about religion. Yeah, so you have, I mean, right now, I, I, I see that the shift, the dynamic shift, has has changed, and it's one of those things where it's okay to say certain certain things. And um, not okay to say other things. Case in point, if you mention the Jews and and the Holocaust and all this kind of stuff, it's 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 a big problem. But at the same time, you can mention uh, blacks and slavery, and it's no problem. You can't mention, you know. Uh, gays and all this but you can mention uh, you can use the n-word you know how is this how is this fair and how is this balanced you know what I mean if I can't call you um, I guess a derogatory term quote unquote for your lifestyle or your, your private sexual choices you shouldn't be able to call me Anything based on the hue of my skin I mean It's, it's all one and the same A derogatory term is a derogatory term Regardless of Of what it's in reference to Exactly I'm tracking So that's That's, that's one of my One of my things you know you have more uh, homosexual activity amongst, you know, the the, the black men than you do uh, a traditional family. You know, consisting of a man and a woman. Why? Why is this? You know what I mean? But we got to come together and stand up and say, hey, you know, these people, there's no representation for the heterosexual male, black male. You know what I mean? But you have a lot of representation for the homosexual black male. You, you follow me? You don't have the, the black woman uh, with the genuine representation with, with the black male, traditional, of course, but you would have her uh, with a, a white male, and now the interracial relationship that's that's fine and all good, but all I'm simply saying is, what about the men who prefer a woman of the same hue? Just like what about the woman who prefer the male of the same hue? They don't get positive or, or any representation on television at all. Why is this? 
and why we haven't came together and spoke about it. Hey, because if you come together and speak about it, then you continue to you lose your, I ain't going to say lose your rights, but your rights continue to be minimized. And basically, that's what's happening. I mean, and they, in my opinion, you know, the, the laws are being made in favor of those who are financially or the largest financial supporters of that, I don't know, class or that, that particular lawmaker or the powers that be, put it that way. Those who the laws are made for, the laws are made for the ones who paying the most money to put these people um, to, to keep these governors and presidents and senators and congressmen and women, you know, all in their office. So you got deep enough pockets. Um, your voice would be your voice would be heard. Your voice would be big enough, you know. But the whole thing now is about it, 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 what do you call it? Inclusiveness. Everybody should be included. Um, you know, we shouldn't leave anybody out. But I think the whole, you know, kind of like you said, the whole trend now is, is yeah, we're including everybody else. But guess what? We're leaving out the people who who make this world go around. The 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 women, the husbands and the wives, the, the boyfriends and the girlfriends, the women and the men who come together to actually procreate. To make this world continue to do what it do. Right. I just I I, I agree. And I was reading, and it's a little bit off, but it, it'll connect. I was reading an article where a guy wanted his his beautician to shave him versus going to someone who's licensed and trained to to, to straight razor shave him. And he put in play or proposed that they just do away with the licensing for these professionals so everyone essentially can do the same thing. But I guess my problem with this is it becomes a problem when it affects the lawmakers. You know, um, you're not seeing the other benefits. So same thing with, 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 with this topic. It, it's okay as long as you have representation. You know, a uh, white man who's sleeping with the white woman and the black woman, he has representation. But the black male who just who who sleeps with the black woman, uh, there's none. Um, and that's and that's a problem. Now, once again, if we were united and say no, this isn't this is a representation of me. I'm not saying boycott shows that you watch or what have you, but sometimes your voice has to be heard and say, ah, this isn't, this isn't it. And to your point about inclusiveness, I'm sorry, to your point about inclusiveness, why, why, why must everybody be included? You know, is is it because people are operating off emotion? Well, I'm not included, so I don't want to be I, I don't want to be left out, or I don't want to feel bad. You know, I don't want this person to feel bad. 
but one one rapper said that inclusiveness is also a hell of a drug. You know what I mean? To where like that that's that high that you you chasing to be included in everything. So I ask the question now: Is it? Are you afraid to stand alone, or is it a bad thing to be by yourself? Or, huh? Help me out. Help me understand this. Me personally, I, um, I'm not afraid to stand alone. That's just me and my, you know, for me and myself. Um, but I think I think the the, the better question. I mean, not better question, but in and with that, you kind of have to think about it. You kind of have to wonder. You want to be included, and you were from the very beginning. You were always included. Like no one ever looked at, like no one ever looked at uh, a woman. Okay, for instance, like now, the the in style is is women, the natural hair fades, and women you know, wearing fades and, you know, just, you know, cuts that same cuts that men can wear, right? Um, but that doesn't automatically mean that they like dudes just because they, you know, they, they can wear a nice face. So I guess my my what I'm getting at is they're already included. She's included as a woman, okay, because that's what – you look at her, you see you see a woman, okay? She's included in her race if she's black, white, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? doesn't matter. So she's already included. Um, so I guess my point is, is that no one has ever excluded gays or, you know, in my mind, LGBTQ, anyone from, you know, th- that community. I don't think that they were automatically excluded. I think that what happened was, is they excluded themselves because they they grouped themselves together in a whole different I don't even know if you want to call it if it's a class now or an, in a whole different category to where they say oh well um I'm gay so um you know the law says that if I want to marry a woman she can't be covered on benefits okay well Nobody excluded you all because nobody cares about who you want to fuck, quite frankly. That is your business. The law recognizes and always has recognized husband and wife. And that's what the insurance company built their business off of. But then you go and you put yourself in a category um, to say that, you know, you, you like to sleep with, with women, you're a woman, you like to sleep with women, and then you want to make this whole argument because now you want to marry a woman. Okay, guess what? In the biblical days, they didn't even require, you know, law papers to be signed. It was in your heart if you felt like the woman was your wife and the man was your husband, then then so be it, and it was done. You see what I'm saying? So how come... My, I guess, like, how come you guys can't be under the same, under the same practice? But now, you you see what I'm, you see what I'm getting at? It's like yeah, they weren't excluded to begin with. It was they excluded themselves when they vocalized the difference between you and I, or the difference between they and us. 
Right. And then you then you play victim to it. I mean, me personally, I believe that you can't look at anyone and tell whether or not their sexuality. You can't. You can you can assume you have an idea, so for sure. Then you come out and tell me and then you play victim because, you know, uh, I don't either wanna, you know, want you in the same locker room as me or same bathroom or what have you, you know, I didn't know until you told me, you know what I mean? So don't turn around and play victim. My, my issue with all this is we've complicated and, and, and added so many labels and categories and subcategories to where all this is confusing. Meaning you're a male, you're a female. That's it. That's it. Right. And I so think quite frankly, nobody cares who you sleep with. You know, like who no. asked you to vocalize who you know, like nobody nobody cares what you like to do when when your door is closed. Whether it's your house right. door, your bedroom door, car door, whatever. Nobody cares. But but now we all feel that we have to be vocal about what we like to do in the bedroom. You know, like it, it's being I mean, this is probably a little bit of a different topic, but I mean, it's being promoted that, that we're even, you know, all the way down to eight, nine, ten-year-old girls, boys can can claim that they, you know, he or she who is a girl or boy can like or or physically attracted to um, men or women of the same sex or boys and girls of the same sex. Well, okay, who even said it's okay? for sexual activity to be happening between these young children anyway. So so don't right. come home talking to me like, you know, you, you're my daughter. You coming home saying, Mom, I like girls. I'm supposed to say, okay, it's, it's okay to like girls and, and to be engaged in sexual activity with girls just because you're a girl. When on the flip side of that, if you came home at 8 and 9 and said, you know, Mom, I, you know, I, I like him and, you know, like I want to give him some, you know, like I'd be outraged. But Parents aren't outraged about sexual activity or sexual attraction at these young ages anymore. We're not outraged. We're encouraging it. We're saying, yeah, baby, it's okay. You got a penis. You like boys because they have penises too. Yeah, it's okay. And quite frankly, one, sexual activity at that age is not okay. Two, like my son would come home today and he wants to be Superman. Okay, am I going to raise him to wear a fucking cape? No. Because tomorrow, he's going to want to be a fireman. And the next day, he's going to want to be a cop. And the next day, he's going to want to be a criminal. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know. Kids are trying to find themselves, and, they, and they're looking at us to guide them and steer them in a direction according to the words and we're doing just the opposite. We're letting them get in the driver's seat and say, you know what? You say you can drive. You're 10 years old. Let's, you know, here's the key. Go ahead. Crank it up. Let's go. And we're letting them drive us where the, wherever the hell they want to take us. And, and that's how we end up where we are right now. Confused. Separated. Lost. Um, I don't know. Help me out here against each other, 
excluded um, with injustice. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we end up where we are because we don't want to take responsibility and 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 teach our children the way they're supposed to go. Sorry about that. No, I I, I, I agree. That. I I agree. I I think that uh, we we. We're so busy trying to be safe or be uh, like inclusive. Get the approval marking of, of our kids. They love me. I'm their friend. Right. So I, it's just we, we're missing we're missing the, the great picture. Like you say, you know, at some point we got to say, well, this is inappropriate. You know what I mean? That's just like your your you know eight year old child coming home saying they like their they have a crush on their teacher, you know what I mean, and I want to give him some or or her, and now it's well buy him some or her some chocolate or you know what I mean like like you're encouraging it versus saying nah that that's not okay period some points you got to say that's not okay. Right, so in order to, to, to stop putting on a united front and actually stand together, we actually have to go back, and I think we've had the, you know, we, we always go back to the foundation. You know, we always go back to the very beginning and take a look at things um, and what's being learned in the household and being taught in the household and get back to doing that. Because that's how you change the world, one family, one individual at a time. Um you know, you you stand, you know, and, and standing together isn't necessarily standing with those who are just like you. The beautiful part about it is you're standing with those who are not like you. Um, but in the same token, you're not like no one, no special, no one group is asking for any special treatment. We're all just wanting to be, you see what I'm saying? We Treated just equally. in here to support each yeah, treated equally, and we're here to support each other. Um, and I have to say, within reason, you know, like within reason, I just when even when it comes comes back to it, and I don't even know why I keep coming back to this, but you know, we we can't, I can't support, and I'm just being real, I can't support my son or daughter changing their anatomy. There's nowhere in that, you know, I mean, you can change hair color, you can cut it, you can change toenail color, fingernail color, all that stuff. God gave you the ability to, I mean, he said, you know, like there, there are things that you, you're not supposed to do with your body, mark it up, tattoos and different things like that. Um, but my point is, is, is he, didn't, he didn't just grant the ability to change your anatomy um, because if that were the case, he would have left it. He would have left your slate blank when you were born. You know, if you had the ability to choose a penis or a, a, or a vagina, you wouldn't have anything right there. You know, your parents would go ahead and say, you know what, doctor, let's put a vagina there because I want a girl. But guess what? He gave you a penis because you are intended to be a boy and who will be a man. He gave you a vagina because you are intended to be a, a woman. 
a young girl and a woman, period. Those are things that are absolutely, they, they should not be tampered with. They should not be changed. I agree. So I agree. You know, so, I mean, and, and I think that quite honestly, um, now that I'm saying that, that, that's another, that's, again, part of the problem why we can't stand together because we're so divided and separated on so many issues and, and nobody is willing, like you said, like nobody is willing to stand up and take the hit on the chest and say, look, you know what, I'll take one for the team. This is wrong. Like, y'all, y'all out here doing that shit, this is wrong. You, you, you should not allow your children to change something that God has already given them. Like, their paths are already marked before they even brought into this world. God has already given your children purpose before he even allows the woman to be impregnated. And then the simple fact that, that we as parents get so wrapped up in popularity and needing to be validated that we allow our children to run us. Oh, I agree. And, and you know, and it's not even our children, right? It's uh, society. It's, it's acceptance from other people because you say no, my child go to school upset, and now everyone else, teachers or, or administration, is having a conniption because of, the, of your parenting style and your beliefs. And now they're upset, but we don't want the society to look at us differently. So we just let them kind of do what they want to do. Yeah, nah, society don't don't pay my bills. I don't give a shit about society. What I care about is 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 doing the job that God put in front of me. Okay, or what did He say? Procreate, done that. Okay, train them up in the way that they should go. Doing that, period. Everything else and anybody else's opinion doesn't matter to me. Well, I agree. Now, you also factored in another belief, right? Which is another category, and that's and that's the the, the category of believers and non-believers, right? So, if you're a non-believer, and what I'm and what the words say, it don't it don't carry any weight. You know what I mean? It's all about it, right. So if that's the case, then we can't stand together, right? Well, not in going the dark same direction. Because you're standing for one thing, I'm standing for something else. Because now it's saying that we're unequally yoked. Remember? Right. So you got to stand with those, and and see that's 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 the whole thing. You know, like not every and, and as a culture, not every black person. You know, like it, as a culture, we are a praying people. You know, we're we're a praying culture. We're, we're faithful. You know, like I mean, I think just overall, you know, like um, that's this from goes back to slavery, biblical. I don't know what days, but it seems like that's kind of instilled somewhere along all of our histories. Um, and I get down, somewhere down the line, you have those that have had life happen to them, and they become non-believers or what have you, and that's okay. That's cool because I think that you know that's where that's where we as believers are really challenged 
with challenge and living a life um, pleasing to God so that those who are non-believers can become believers. Um, so I think that what we have to do in those situations when we have believers and non-believers, we have to find something that's in common, some common ground, something that we both believe in and stand for that and connect. Because once you connect to a person, um, God is going to, especially you connect to a person who is, is a non-believer, I think that God is, is going to use you to make that person question their non-belief. Even if, even if you don't you know, fully convert them into a believer, it, God is going to use you in a manner to where that, that, believer, that non-believer is like, hmm, okay. Maybe. Just, right. Let me just try it. You know, so I think um, it's important for us to look for ways to connect and then, you know, go from there. But again, you know, is is we really truly have to stand together and not put on that on that united front. Like I ain't gonna front. You know, there's certain things that I'm just, I just don't support, and I'm sure that there's certain things in my life that people don't support either. But guess what? I don't support mistreatment of children. Absolutely. I don't support bullying. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of regardless of what you decide to do in your life or your child's life, if your child has decided to you know do a gender change or whatever. Um, the case may be, regardless of what that child has decided to do or be, no one should bully him or her. No one should make that child feel bad for trying to live the life that they feel is, is that they should do, that they should live for trying to be them true, their true selves. Um, so, you know, I may not be able to stand with you and, and have that, you know, and have your, your, your daughter uh, take, Blockers so that she doesn't get a period and all that stuff to help her transition. But I can stand with you if, if in fact, she has encountered um, bullying. You see what I'm saying? Right. So now it's funny that you mentioned bullying because maybe that's the reason why uh, they're having these thoughts because they're being uh, indirectly bullied. Meaning, now you you putting this before me, and you're pressuring me to feel or think or influencing me to think that this is okay. That's a form of bullying. Like, like I used to get up with the anti-smokers ad because they would have the lady up there with the uh with the voice box. You have, you know, the people up there talking about what happened when they got cancer. I felt like he was bullying me to stop smoking. You know what I mean? That's just on the light side of it, but it's a form of bullying. Let me live how I want to live because that's my choice. Now, I'm also speaking from an adult male, right? A man, which is totally different than for a child. As a child is more impressionable than a than a mature man, so I can see that as bullying. I understand that. So for you to for you to come and try to force 
your personal life, your sexual acts down my throat, that's bullying. I can agree with that as well. So if we go, if we go stop bullying, then stop it all together. I mean, uh, yeah. Right. You know, it's it's you can't pick and choose. You know, and 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 then and then here's the thing too. You know, you can't. We can't sit up here and say that. um, You know, you can't. You can't band together and say that um, same sex, you know, same gender sex is wrong. When you, uh, you're you're a stripper and you get paid, you know, to do extra acts, extra sexual acts. You know, like you can't, so what I'm saying is, is like you can't, no sin, one sin isn't any greater than the other. So I'm not saying we all got to be perfect, but before, you know, before we sit and say, you know, well, this ain't right, and I don't support this, and they do this, that, and the third, you know, we, we can't be throwing stones at a glass house, out of a glass house. You know, so make sure that whatever it is you are banding together for or standing against, make sure you, you stand against that in your household, too, and not just somebody else's. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But I mean, for me, I don't know what's 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 practiced in someone else's house, but I do know it's practiced in mine, and that is what God assigned you. He too assigned me the task of teaching you and maturing you into that role. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Now, in your house, you may teach him that. You know, if you want to be a branch or a tree or a flower or a goldfish, hey, that's on you. But don't come here to my house talking about, you know, he's a he's a, a bird. And I clearly see that he's a, a human boy because we're we're obviously not on the same page because I'm going to treat him like a human boy. I ain't going to be over there putting, pouring water on his foot. That ain't what I'm going to do. Right. I just think that we should, you know, we need to check our alignment with each other, you know, and and, and come together, right? For, for the purpose of this action of of just equality, you know, humanity. Let's let's leave out, you know, who you sleep with. That doesn't matter. Let's leave out uh, how much money you got. That doesn't matter because if everybody's going to be treated the same, none of that really matters. It shouldn't be based on what's on your account or your sexual partner. Keep it to yourself. Right. Because remember now, if someone walk up to you out the blue and ask you how much money you make, you get offended. Of course. None of your business. Okay, so then, why is it okay for you to come out and tell everybody who you sleep with? Or what you sleep with? That's because you want everybody to know. I'm just saying, we got to, we got to, certain things, like we were saying a couple weeks ago, certain things you just got to keep private. Mm 
you know, that's just me. See, everybody, the, we, we've said this before, you know. I mean, it's funny because no matter what topic you we, we talk about, we always go back to the same thing. You know, basically, everybody now has the ability to live their life out loud. I say out loud. What do I mean? Right. To live their life in front of everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have to be behind my walls and everybody, you know, um, want to know or and nobody knows who I am or what I'm doing. I have the ability now to let the entire world know that I exist. I am somebody. And, you know, by God, they are going to know that I just bought my new house. They're going to know that I just had my first baby, you know, in this life. Everybody now um, has the ability to be heard and to be seen. And truth be told, as children, that's all they want to do. Children want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be. They want to feel loved. You know what I'm saying? They want to. They want to feel confident. And um, and it's funny because you know we. I just had a, a conversation with our son like last week, and um, you know, and we were talking about love. And I said, look, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you think love is. You know, and I said, love is a, to me it's a, it's a verb it's not an emotion you know like i can't i can't make you feel that i love you i have to i show you that i love you um by by doing whatever i need to do to make sure that you feel it but you see what i'm saying like if i can't say i love you and let you poop in your diaper and not change it. And I'm saying I love you. You don't feel love, do you? In order for no, you to feel love, I need to I, I I need to I need to get them gloves on or, you know, get get them wipes and, and start cleaning you up. Right. You know what I mean? So so it's it's like one of those things where I can stand here and tell you all day that I love you, but if I don't do shit, then it, it don't mean shit. So I said that to say that kids nowadays, or well, all kids want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be loved. And social media is giving them that or is the appearance of that. See what I mean? So you're able to post you know, that you had a new baby or that you got a new car and everybody who is your friend and half the people you probably don't even know, they're they're saying congratulations and they're validating you and they're making you feel good about yourself. So you think that you are loved and you, you I mean, of course you're being heard, you're being seen and you think that you're loved um, and, and that's why so many of our kids are, are really just messed up because they're not getting in the household what social media is giving them because they don't understand what love is. They don't understand what love does. See what I'm saying? I do. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like social media gives them that smoke screen and it's like, Oh, you know, you, you know, you, you smoke cigars obviously. So it's like when you're trying to put a person on a cigars and and they're, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, I, I've dabbled in this, that, and the third. And then, you you know, you blow that vanilla in their face. They're like, 
to get that puff, and it's like, ooh, kind of, you know, take them away for a bit. Social media is doing that. It's doing that to our children. Shit is doing that to our adults, doing that to our families. And so that's where the families, that's, that's why the families are falling apart, and we're no longer validating each other. Like, you know, my brother or sister does something new, and they're not on social media like that either, but when they do something new and they get a new hairstyle, the first thing they do is post it. Well, guess what we did back in the day? First person we want to tell we got something new, we, we go home and say, look, you know, look at my look at my hairstyle. Or, you know, look at these new jeans I got. And we, you know, man, yeah, I like them. You know, we were able to do that and build each other up and lift each other up. Now, everybody going to their phone and putting it on social media. And they're getting that, that smoke screen from there. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And you, so, and you are absolutely right. So, go ahead. Me, I, you know, personally, I, I believe love is, is more of an idea. You know what I mean? But if you don't have a foundation, if you don't have a basis for it, you're, you don't, you know, you don't have anything. Meaning um, you, you have a fixation in your mind what, what love is. And if someone is not uh, meeting or uh, in line with that fixation, then you feel as though they don't love you, you know? Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is you step back and look at everything else that shows that I love you, you know, uh, providing you, for you the discipline, uh, the support, and all this kind of stuff, then you say, you know, on, on, the, on the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, I was loved. You know what I mean? Validation on on, on social media you go get these jeans and you're not sure if you really like them or you may not like them. But if you put them on there and you have 10 likes or 20 people that say they like them, guess what? You go, what the hell out of them jeans? But you don't like them. But you're going to wear them because... You're doing the, you, 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 yeah, you've been validated. It's like, you know what? Yeah, you know, wear those. Right, these ugly jeans that you was crying because you didn't want, and now you got people that that saying they're nice or, you know, I want some of them or what have you, and now you gonna wear them because you gonna feel like, you know, you validated. But why is their opinion, is that opinion more important than yours? For some, it's because that's the only opinion they're getting. That's the only input they're getting. That's the only feedback they're getting because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to socialize. So maybe maybe well, they it's know because... how to socialize. They know how to socialize, but don't don't know how to communicate. I had a conversation with my son. He was like, you know, he said, "I'm a better communicator than you and Dad." I said, "No, you may be better at, at socializing than me and your dad, but you are not better at communicating." Communicating is a whole nother level of socializing. You like being social, being out, you know, being recognized, being a man and everybody, you know, hey, you know, cool, people flocking to you and different things like that because of your personality. But just because you know how to socialize don't make you an effective communicator. Big, big, just a big fact. So for, for me, like like I'm saying, when it comes to to this, you know, you buy it, you get these jeans, and as a parent, you know, hey, Dad, you like these pants? Uh, shit, you the one got to wear them. Do you like them? 
I'm not saying, yeah, I like them. You know what I mean? Or put them on. You know, let me try them on. Yeah, they look good on you. You know what I mean? So because as a parent, we're not saying that anymore. Or if we ever, you know, if we just bought them. So apparently, you know, uh, I, I guess I would have to like them if I buy them. But you the one that got to wear them. So you the one that's got to like them. But you don't have an, an opinion or if you will, you don't have a, I guess, a foundation. See, and that's, that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. But see, you know, even even stuff as simple as that, you know, I don't know, you may disagree, but stuff as simple as that, having an opinion, being able to express yourself, being able to, to freely say, you know what, I like this, I like that, I don't like this, I don't like that, that starts at a young age. Now, truthfully, just being real, you be looking at me side-eyed when I be asking our three-year-old, what do you want for his lunch or what do you want for dinner? But what I'm doing is I am building those skills. I'm building his ability to make a decision and stick with it. I'm building the ability for him to understand he has his own right to decide what he wants to eat at some point. And so that helps build confidence, but that also helps him understand what his likes and dislikes. Excuse me, like, you know, he don't like jeans. He cries when he has to put on jeans. Does he wear them? Yes, he does. But does he like them? No. You know, so it's kind of one of those things where those conversations and those questions that I'm asking him now, they actually help with these types of skills in the future. Because he don't have to look for validation because he's, he's been knowing the kind of food he, he likes to eat since he was two, three. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so he won't be looking at social media saying, hey, what should I eat for lunch today? Guess what? He already knows. He want to eat chicken, eggs, french fries, and sauce. You know what I mean? Something like that because he's been able to understand his likes and dislikes from a very young age. Well, once again, that goes back to foundation. You know, uh, I operate where you eat what's in there on the stove or you don't eat. You know what I mean? I'm not going to cook a separate meal for you. And, you know, it's just what it is. Now, when it comes lunch, you know, you go to school and you have an option. You got chicken sandwich or you got pizza. Pick one of the two. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's it. You know how to make decisions, but everything isn't going to be to your liking. And I believe that it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of, he's been set up to thinking that everything is going to be what he liked. And that's not reality. No, no. I mean, like, again, it's, it's with, like, he doesn't, he doesn't like jeans. Okay, that's fine. He doesn't like them, but he still wears them. And when he puts them on, yeah, he's sad for a little bit, but he still, he put them on. And then there's even some days where he wake up and he get himself together and he'll, yeah, mommy, I like jeans today. So it's, it's, it's kind of those days that, you know, that we talk about where one day he likes jeans, next day he doesn't. I mean, for the most part, he'd probably wear basketball shorts and sweatpants all year, you know. 
um, if he if he had a choice. But what he's understanding is that you wear what you wear. Like this is what he said: you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. So he knows he can make some decisions. He knows he he understands that he has likes and dislikes, but he also understands that if you know there are no M and M's or if you gotta wear jeans today, then that's gonna be what it is, and he's not gonna throw a all out fit about it. So it's a balance, a delicate balance, but yet and still a balance, um, because you have to give them, you have to teach them, and then you have to teach them how to have conversations, like we talked about communicating. You have to teach them how to have conversations and, and different things like that and kind of let their mind just see where their mind takes you. Now, all in all, you still got to understand who's a parent and who's a child. So it's not like he's going to say, I'm a girl today, and I'm going to say, okay, it's no, you're not. You can never be. That is not who you are. That is not what you are. And here's why. So you have to take, sure. you know, you have to, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, but he, he don't even have that, that thought. You know, he going to his daddy's closet and, and mess with his daddy's stuff. You know, he may go and his closet, put a puzzle together or have you, but not going in there trying to put on her shoes or, or, makeup or perfume, you know what I mean? That's not what, what takes place. So I believe that the foundation is the foundation is there. The foundation has been set. The examples have been set. And he's gonna meet the requirements that, that that God has put before him. I just I just think that um, certain things you can make a decision on and certain things you, you can't, you know. Uh, and sometimes your that decision has to be refined. Meaning, you may want to wear jeans and a t-shirt, but you can't go out here with them wrinkled. You know what I mean? So you got to teach them at, at this age to do so. You may want uh, uh, chicken nuggets, French fries, and corn for lunch. But then you had a bad day yesterday, so you know if you have a good day on Fridays, you can pick what you want for lunch. If you have, a, you know what I mean. Like there, there has to be for me some idea of of structure, because you sit down at the dinner table and it's not what you want to eat, you ain't gonna eat. I mean, of course, yeah, there is structure. I mean, I was using that as an example to say that it starts at this age. I don't want to get too bogged down with the ins and outs of of that, per se, because I was using that as, as an example to say that those skills start at a very young age. So as parents, if we miss those at, at, this, at these crucial ages where they should be learning um, – likes and dislikes, they should be learning, you know, uh, themselves to an extent. Of course, obviously, as they grow and life happens, they're going to get lost a little bit, but those teachings never go away. Those validations that, that we give our children, this, you know, every morning, you know, you're handsome and you look you look good today. You know, I'm so proud of you. Those validations, like, they, they never go away. They They become part of 
who your child is. And so that way when they get older, you know, and the the social media validation and, and looking to live their life out loud, so to speak, like they don't have to do that because they're very confident in who they are walking around silently. I don't have right. to be the loudest man in the room, you know. Like, I don't have to be. I don't. I don't have to say anything. Like, I don't have to speak to to be the smartest man in the room. As a matter of fact, most of the smartest men in the rooms don't even speak, you know, or don't talk or what have you. So, it's just kind of one of those things where that confidence level um, that is important and vital as an adult that starts. At young ages, that reassurance starts at young ages. So it's kind of like you know, where will we be if 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 you know, like like if I'm growing up and I have self confidence issues, um, and and here I am raising you know, say I was raising girls and I was raising them by myself. If I have self confidence issues and and I'm still struggling with that as a mom, then guess what I'm projecting onto my girls. Self-confidence issues Unknowingly Simply because I'm not validating them In a way that they should be validated So that they know their worth Um, Because I don't know how Um, Because I look in the mirror And I I don't see what I love Now that's that's true It is It it does start Once again The foundation that's, that's very crucial And I believe that so back to the topic, we don't unite because our foundation isn't one of us uh, to unite. You know what I mean? Maybe we wasn't taught uh, or, or re reprogrammed to be united because there's power in numbers. You know what I mean? And I believe that that's the reason why we have so many subcategories is to the difference in someone else and causes it to put a gap between us versus us embracing our difference and you know come together because we have more similarities than we do differences you know what I mean Yes, I do. So that that could be that could be it, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because it does uh it could be the issue is our foundation. We don't know how because we wasn't taught. Just like, you know, uh, you don't know how to show your daughter love because you don't know how to love yourself because you wasn't Shown love, you know what I mean. Well, love and see, here's the whole thing. What it, we have to understand that everybody's perception of love isn't what it is. So, well, no, like, no, when I say love, I mean, I mean, true. I mean, love, love. Like, yeah. like, right, genuine love for self-love. Yeah, gotcha. Right, and so, so that's what happens, though. You know, you 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 feeling low and self. And having self confidence issues and and even Webster, we talked about this at one time, I think. Webster's define love um in in online like Google also um 
defines love, some parts of love, as as it being sexual. I don't think I shit to do with sex. Sex is sex. Just because you have sex with somebody, that ain't that's not love. Hell, sometimes it doesn't even have to be a show of affection. It just is what it is, unfortunately. But because you don't have a real grasp or grasp of real love and you haven't experienced that, then you're seeking it anywhere you think you could get it. And and then obviously you're overcome with hormones and emotions and and what have you, and you think that, oh, this must be what it is. And it's not. I agree with that 100%. All right, keep on. Let's go. Let's keep it going. So, I I think that the communication, just so that that we all have the same idea of what it is, you know, again, this goes back to the the evilly yoke. You know what I mean? So if you and I are our parents and we have two different ideas of love, our children are going to be confused as hell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so now because they can't, they don't want to upset mommy, they don't want to upset daddy. They're going to go someplace that's less confusing, and they're going to go with the general consensus. Meaning, now you may turn to social media or the internet. You know, so right. you gotta you gotta have that 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 foundation. You gotta have that those underlining thoughts and ideas if we're going to teach them to the children. So that way it's, it's united, right? It's not, it's not a front. We're actually united in this movement and we're going to move in the same direction at the same time, you know? So, right. and see, I'm sorry, so that's, that's, that's the difference. And that could be, you know, one of the problems, you know, no one is, is communicating. We, we may, you know, we have different ideas of, of, of parenting. We have different ideas of love. We have different ideas of, of, of choice, you know, and self-expression, different ideas. But as parents, if we're, if we're not on the same page, we're doing our child or children a disservice. That is true. That is true, and then that, that goes back to even, you know, a more an, another point, you know, with all these, and I, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like with all these sex-crazed children in the world, you know, everybody want to have sex, you know, whether it's with the same gender or not. My, the point is, is that, you know, this thing is real. You know, there are consequences to having sex. Don't, it, it, it's designed um, and ordained by God for married people for that reason, because you have to be equally yoked. Because when a child is made and then a child is born, a child has to be raised. And if you're not equally yoked, then guess what you're doing? You know what you're doing to the child? Messing nope. them all up. Messed emotionally. Them up, huh? Yeah, mess them up. You know, emotionally, um, 
probably spiritually, you know, and simply, and I, and I say that because, like, even, you know, even being um, married and, and, and raising children in a, our children in a two-parent household is one of these things that's like, it just, I think that we're just learning, and it's like we, we knew it and we talk about it, but it's like the the roles of each of us are incredibly vital to our children. It's incredible, whether it be a boy or girl, it's incredibly vital that they understand mom's role and they get the loving and the nurturing and, you know, the kissing of the boo-boos and all that, that like they get that from mom, but it's also incredibly vital that they that they experience their dad in such a way it's like, oh, he doesn't really have any emotion about that. No, he's not supposed to. You know what I'm saying? It's because that's that's part of being a man. I didn't say emotionless. There are certain things that that men do, certain things that women do. And so You got to, the role of the parents are incredibly vital in that aspect. That's true. And when it comes to, especially, especially the foundation, that's the part that, um, if it's it's a foundationless start, then it's going to be a foundationless ending uh, more often than not. Period. There's no stability, remember? Mhm. I do. So if you bring if you bring, you know, your child up in a in a fatherless home or a daddyless home, you can't expect this child to have, you know, uh if there's no other male, you can't expect this child to have a grasp or a clear understanding of how men and women interact, how mommy and daddy interact, how uh, the respect for uh, a man from a woman and uh, the other direction as well. You, you, you can't expect him to have a, an idea of how that works if you've never seen it. Not just not just a, a fatherless home. Think about it. There are some single fathers out there too. So you know, it's 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 the balance. It, it's not just a one-sided. You know, don't bring your child up in a fatherless home. While that is important, don't bring your child up in, in a motherless home either. So the no, fact no, of said, the matter is both, both directions. I was actually saying both right, directions. Right, 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 right. But I'm I'm saying it for the listeners that are out there because just being. Right, I understand you said it, but like I was, I'm going to say the you made me lose my train of thought. But anyhow, um, the the fact of the matter is is that children have to, like when you mentioned earlier about the balance, children have to have a balance, and um, the the whole reason we we had gotten into this is because we were talking about you know, children or all these sex-crazed children making life-impacting decisions 
And the result is, you know, pregnancy and having to raise a child and, you know, not being equally yoked with someone, you're already creating um, a situation that doesn't have God's natural order of balance um, because the, the child needs to learn um, both the nurturing part and, and then the logical part, nurturing part from the mother logic from the from the dad from the dad in order to be or well that's where they're supposed to get it from. In order to be, you know, um I guess to to be as best they can be. You know what I'm saying? In order to um be as well rounded as I think nature intended with you know, having the two parent household, um, or having a two parent involvement time. or being yoked of, gonna, or being of the same yoke. Dig that. We're gonna take this time to uh introduce Pionke. He has a statement or a question to the line. Good evening. Yeah, I was gonna say the mother is natural. As soon as the woman female conceives, she's automatically the mother. Well, That's the husband, true. or should I say, the male, run off if he's not. <clears throat> no, no, but a key he's, still, thing. he's still a father now. If he fathered, if he got that woman pregnant, she's a mother and he's a father now. The yeah, he's a father now. Whether daddy, he live up to those responsibilities is another thing. But that mother is the mother. Different. She has no choice. I, you would think. You got that right. I mean, some of I mean, now, let me, most of us don't. Mama's baby, let me daddy's maybe. Let me say something else. Your daughter don't know what to look for in a husband that she never have seen it played out between the mother and the father. What's she going to do? Listen to D- Dr. Phil or Dear Abby? That's exactly, that's exactly what we just said. You're absolutely right. The example starts at home. That's the reason why both of them roles are vital. That's why I come as very pertinent for you to know who it is that your children are getting hooked up with. You should do background. In today's times, you've got to do background checks on mm-hmm. that mother, that, that yeah, uh, it's girl's It's important for parent. you to do that for who you hooking up with because... Well, as I was saying, you have to do background checks on who your children is getting involved with. Because if it's a daughter, that daughter going to come back to the house with trash bags full of clothes and dragging kids. And now you're going to have to contend with that. Mm-hmm. That is true. And there's a tried, so, there's a tried true, tried, proved, and tested method here in the United States that has been successful for, you know, time memorial. You go to school, get education. You get a job, you get married, and have a family. And you have to develop the things that family develops. You have to have real grandparents, not 35-year-old grandparents, real grandparents. Grandparents are intergenerational assets that can help contribute toward the raising of those children. The father, actually, when a boy is born, a boy should go to the grandfather 
because the father was just a boy last week. He don't have the type of knowledge and wisdom that that grandfather have, or supposed to have. So once you put things back in their proper perspective, then maybe we'll see a difference in how society acts, especially black society. But once that circle is broken, it is very, mm-hmm. very difficult and a long time to get it back formed once again. So that's something to think about. Thank you. Thank I, you. I, I have a, I have a little comment to to that part. You know, I'm as a parent, as daddy, I'm it's my duty to raise my child. It's not my grandfather's duty, or my son, my father's duty to raise my son. Although he's still he's still the granddaddy, and there's still some guidance along the way. It's it's on me now. That's just my belief, and that's how I raise my children. Are you still there? He dropped. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you know, I guess that's that's a little uh, that kind of hit home, you know, in regards to you know, as as me being the daddy, I don't. It's not my father's responsibility to raise my child. It was my father's responsibility. To raise me so that I can instill those same principles into my children. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. So, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, I, I, I understand what, what he was saying, um, and I, I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> Truthfully, I think that, you know, um, I mean, you have to look at who you learned your who you got your wisdom from. You know, we were raised by our grandparents, so you have to look at where your most guys, most men, um, especially when it's their first child, their thought process isn't where yours is. You know what I'm saying? So you have to. You were raised by that generation that he is referring to. That you know what I mean. That we need. I, I do. You actually were the. You actually were, and I was too. I actually, I'm a benefactor of, of what he just said um, because, you know, your grandparents took you in and mine took me. So it was. it's just kind of one of those things that where we are proof that <clears throat> the being born to, a, to an actual generation of grandparents is, is beneficial. Yes, it is. It's very, it's, it's very beneficial. What I'm trying to get to, what I'm trying to, it's, you shouldn't, I'm going to say you shouldn't have have children before, you know, you're ready, quote unquote, whatever time that may be, you know, um, for that reason, right? You get all you can get. So that way, when you do become a, a, father and mother, you can 
instill those same principles into this kid. Now, what if you had that that, that granddaddy who uh, was drunk all the time and and under the tree, you know what I mean, 98% of the day? That's not who you really want uh, to raise the kid. You follow me to raise that son because guess what he's going to see? And he's going to say, okay, well, I'm supposed to be under the tree and drunk. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where as that as that's that's granddaddy. Granddad has did his part and raised his son and now his son's daddy. So his junior now has to take it from his daddy. And he see his daddy go to work every day because his daddy his daddy isn't retired to go out under the trees and get drunk all day. He's going to see these. Now when he go to granddad's house on the weekend, granddad on the weekend is much different than granddaddy during the weekend. You know what I mean? Because, hey, you going back home to your parents, I'm going to give you everything that you want. Let your parents give you what you need. I'm going to give you the ice cream and the candy and the coffee and cigars and puppies, but your parents got to take you to the dentist. Or, you know what I mean? That's what they're supposed to do because that's what you need. So I think that it's a healthy balance think is a necessary balance, but I also can't take the, the responsibility off the parents. All right, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's it. If we, if we, I mean, in, in, in that statement, it's like, now you want to be upset that the parents aren't doing their part because you put them all, you pawn them off on the grandparents. So by the time they get them back, they're not going to be your child. They're going to be your grandparents' child and hell, your sibling at this point, based on uh, the relationship now. That's just my opinion. Okay. <clears throat> right, I understand what you're saying. I understand exactly what you're saying. I'd rather, I'd rather my son, all of them, be with their mom, their dad, instead of, you know, because truthfully, our grandparents have lived their lives. They, they did their part in raising their kids. They shouldn't be, you know, 70, 80 years old raising, you know, three and four-year-olds. I mean, I, I get, I, I get that, and, and uh, you know, I, I was only saying that for me, it worked. You know, my, my, my grandma, she started having, you know, she had children at fifteen. You know, so she, she started having children at a young age. Well, back in her day, that's what. We did. You started, you found your husband, your husband found you, y'all started a family early, and you, know, you did what you had to do. And then and my mom was in her 20s when she had us, but and what I'm saying is this, is while my grandma was a fairly young grandma, um, she was still very wise and 
um, I was able to benefit from her knowledge and wisdom and love and, and upbringing. Um, basically, she's the reason I'm the woman I am today. So I, I do understand your your point. Um, but the reality of it is, is that if some grandparents um, actually stood in and and helped with the upbringing, or you know more, then then maybe this found the broken foundation that we so often talk about. Um, there could be some you know some seals taking place, you know sealings and healing taking place if you know the parents would allow that, so I'm just being devil's advocate here, you know saying where in situations where it's beneficial and necessary, I think that grandparents should be a little more involved in upbringing again, not taking a total responsibility off the mother or the father, but being that helping hand to say, hey, look here, baby girl, this, you know, this ain't, you know, I understand you're going to go out and, and stuff like that, but you can't be leaving your baby whatever time they can hear you bring home, you know, having those conversations. And, and quite honestly, you and I both know that those type of conversations aren't happening like they used to. I, I get it. Now, you know, I, I dance with the devil. So my whole thing is, it, it's not as as grandparent to say that. Grand, you should have mama should have been telling daughter that before daughter even had children. Those should have been conversations before daughter even had children. That foundation. Don't, That's what I'm saying. Now the foundation is already broken. Don't go and try to lay the foundation now that we start building. But see, in 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 some in some situations. Okay, in some situations, girl is born, girl, mom is raising girl, mom is single, mom is doing the best the best job she can with girl. Okay, mom, at some point, you know, gets married and you know, found love and have ups and downs in a relationship, and still, still raising girl and that and the stepdad or what have you is involved to an extent, <clears throat> to the extent that the daughter will allow, that girl will allow. So girl is is having self confident self esteem issues she's suffering from then and, and hasn't told them to anyone. Grandma's sitting back and see all this about to unfold. I don't think there's anything wrong with grandma stepping in and, you know, putting that helping hand in there when she sees this. And regardless of and that's what I'm saying. She if if grandma see if grandma is bearing witness to this catastrophe about to happen, um, she can step in and, and and put that that bonding glue in there and say, hey, look, this ain't this isn't, you know, I understand you suffering from this and that. I can see it in your eyes. You know what I'm saying? And grandma is stepping in and giving that little bit of wisdom that mom isn't isn't giving because mom doesn't see this. You see what I'm saying? And while I know in a perfect world the mom shouldn't be missing it, the fact that it matters is that sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do miss stuff like that. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with grandparents stepping in and I think it's necessary. Um, 
and not not saying they're taking the rings from the parenting, but it, it but it in, in situations where stuff ain't so perfect, or you know it's not being held down and on from every angle, then yeah, you know lend a helping hand. Appreciate that, man. You know, appreciate that, mom. I didn't even know she was, you know, having those issues. How'd you know? Well, I knew because, you know, your my sister, you know, she she was going through the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to say. No, I I get that. I get that, and that's 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 the village. It from what it sounds like, it was you know, you making it the village responsibility, and it's not the village responsibility. It's the parents' responsibility. You know, it does take a village, and and sometimes you know, grandma is going to pick up on things and see things because that is you know, uh, her grandbaby, and she see the change, and she may even saw, you know, recognize this because it's how, you know, the mama was when she was a kid. You, you see what I mean? So, you know, now at some point you got to pull the mama aside and say, hey, you need to look out for this. Or watch out for that, because this is this is what's being said or or what's being noticed, and you and you go from there. But nowhere in there do you omit the parents. Yeah, I mean I understand what you're saying, and I mean I I mean again, you know, the caller is in on here to be able to fully explain what it what his comment meant. So I understand what you're saying, and I'm not. You know, I'm not disputing that at all. at all. Parents are still responsible. You bring a child into this world, yes, the mother is instantaneously mother, and the father, yes, unfortunately, they get decide they they get to decide when they play daddy. Just being real, um, that's just how it is. Um, and then there are some mothers out there who where the, where it's reversed. The the mamas, you know, you got a good dad who's who's in it and sucking it up and holding it down, and then you got the mama who who still like to go out clubbing every every weekend, you know. So, you know, it, it happens. But I think the point of it is, is you know, you, just because of, there is nothing that takes away your responsibility once you have a child. There's nothing that can take away the fact that as a mother, you are responsible for this child. As a father, you are responsible for this child, period. That's that's it. There's nothing that takes that away. Whether you have a village or, you know, a neighborhood, a community, or you only have a neighbor, nothing is taking away your responsibility to your children. I agree. I mean, I, I can, I can, can, can put it more clear. I just, I just know that one of the issues that that we're we're facing is things are have gone awry because there is no parental involvement. It's more social media influence than parental influence. Yeah, it is. Um, and <clears throat> again, and it goes back to just an article I read just the other day from a principal. Someone out in the, in the Midwest that that it was a his open letter to parents, and it it honestly it hit close to home. Not not that our son goes in his room and is 
and close this door or anything, but the fact of the matter is is we got to take our children back, you know, and it's, it's kind of one of those things where you don't, you don't see how far they, and, and don't get me wrong, he still lives here. We eat dinner together. We, you know, we still have conversations, but you don't see how far you're just apart until you take those distractions away. And then, you know, it's been a week since our son has lost his phone privileges. And it's like I have, he, yesterday he said, he said, I'm going to talk to you. He said, I'm going to talk to you every day until I just annoy you. And I said, you think that's what you're doing? But the fact of the matter is, is that, like, I miss that, that, because that's who he is. He will talk to you until he annoys the shit out of you, but that's who he is. That's who he's always been. And I've missed that about him because his phone and his texting and, you know, his friends and all the, whatever you call them, associates and all that, and he's not even on social media. And it's, it's taken him away, you know. And and so now he's more involved in the household, more involved with his brothers, and just in tune to to what's going on in the household. He's not always looking for a way to get out. You know, can I go to this? I mean, of course he does go out and do things and play ball and stuff like that. But it's not he's not looking for an escape to go and be by himself so that he can text all day or look at memes or do whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's I like. Do. He's back. He's back. You know, he's back and he's alive and he, you know, you get to see the <laughs> his spirit again and you get to, you know, you get to talk about, man, you know, you've changed so much, but sometimes you, in some ways you haven't changed at all. And he has no sense of time. You know what I'm saying? So it's those things that we used to get when before the distractions, before you know, social media and before all the popularity and stuff, you know, and, and now it's like taking those distractions away. It's like, okay, you are still the same child. Because honestly, I was getting worried for him. You know, I was trying to figure out if he was going to be able to survive outside the household when he became a man, you know. But now it's like, okay, you know, I get to see a little bit of, of, of our works and our, you know, of our labor um, labors of love, you know. So it's like, okay, yeah, we, you, you pretty smart, you know. Now that you don't have anything distracting you, you using your brain. That's that's all right. Well, that's the difference right there, the distractions. But I can say, since he's been out his devices, you know, um, the parental influence is greater. You know, he used words that he, he have never used before, like commitment, you know, dedication, you know, uh, and it's in regards to something other than a game or his girlfriend, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we just got to... We gotta make them disconnect, just to get, you know, to go back and finish that that foundation. Mhm. Absolutely. 
Well, are we united or is this a united front? I think that we can, we can agree that it's only a front because we lack foundation. We we lack solidarity as as a group because we didn't have it in our foundation as in in our culture. It wasn't uh, in our culture, so that's the reason why it still carries on to this day. But if you started at home and you go and you uh, confer and uh, I, I guess commit to a, to a group with the, with the like mind and like mission as yours, then it can spill over into the communities and, and different areas of our lives. I do believe that we did agree on that part. Uh, so mm-hmm. we should unite instead of fronting like we're united and really be united. Mm-hmm. But it takes effort. You know, it takes effort. It takes you, you know, kind of digging deep, trying to trying to find that common ground um, so that you can stand together. You know, we, we talk about it, you know, we've mentioned it. Um, everybody Pledge of Allegiance and up in the country is in an uproar over the Pledge of Allegiance and the flag and um, truth be told, it says we're one nation under God, but it's no one is stopping to realize that we've become many nations under God. And I say nations, not um, in a literal term, but in a figurative term, you know, we are many nations under God because we have all these boundaries separating us. We have all these um, categories and these classes of, you know, well, you know, I'm this and I'm I'm this and I'm that, but you know what? If you're not if you're not black and that, then you know you can't be in this group. You gotta go be in that group. So we continue to divide ourselves, um, and 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 unfortunately, you know the the words of 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 the flag and of the pledge of allegiance is they're no longer relevant because we're no longer one nation under God. Yeah, the intent was to be that way. Um, but the reality is it's not. Um, so, you know, we have to challenge ourselves in order to come back to being that. And I'm not saying, you know, that I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that everybody got a pledge of allegiance or anything like that. I'm talking about that one simple phrase, being one nation under God. We have to get back, challenge ourselves to get to that point and get to where we stand as one nation because we are a democracy. Don't we vote? Our, you know, we, 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 put, we elect our officials and we put them in office. But if we're standing together and we're standing for one thing and they're not standing for that, then guess what? They don't win elections. And guess what happens when we stand together? Like, we can't be stopped. This we began to change and make this country what it should be, one nation under God. Forget about the rest of it, because that you know I'm just I'm simply talking about those two phrases, one nation under God. 
because I think at the end of the day, that is absolutely what matters. So you just become a human nation. Yeah, period, as you would say. Just like that. Well, sounds like we uh we know what, what what it entails. We know what what it, what it all uh, how it starts. I think you know we practice these things and practice what we preach and and teach along the way. Um, I do believe that this was a great conversation tonight, and I believe that um, it's it's next week worthy as well. Because I think that um, we we must we must uh, unite, and that's in every in every aspect of our lives. You know, uh, unite as parents, unite as people, unite as a culture, unite. You know, dot dot dot. Uh, everyone else seems to be able to do so for for whatever purpose that they have, but it seemed like. We're missing uh, the glue that sticks us together. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to continue this. But uh, as far as tonight and this week, we're going to we're going to unite and stop frying. Period. Right there with you. So if your heart and mind is clear, we can uh we can go ahead and. Pray out and go to work. All clear. Got my heart and mind clear, so I guess I'll pray us out. Okay. Father God, Father God, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for this topic. We thank you for our caller. We thank you for uh, Pastor and and Twin in their absence. We thank you for. Uh, my wife, the Mrs. Uh, we thank you for the subject matter. We thank you for our kids. We thank you for our friends, and we thank you for everyone who's listening. We thank you for an opportunity for us to have these open conversations, and we thank you for whoever it impacts. Um, we pray that it's for the better, and we pray that if someone disagrees, that they call in and, and let us be known and we can learn a different perspective. But we know that none of this is possible or we wouldn't be able or capable if it wasn't for you. So we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your love. And we thank you for uh, our ability to love everyone else regardless. We love our similarities and we love our differences. We we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray and we love you. Amen. Amen. Well, that concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. Are we united or is this a united front? Part one. We will be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for part two and maybe even the conclusion. Uh, we thank the grandparents for listening. We thank the generation of parents listening. We thank the children who listen. But we want more 
we thank humanity because um, that's what we need. We need a unity and humanity. That's all I have. I'm number one, Mr. Quick, with Miss Quick, and Pastor Robinson and Dr. Twin in their absence. Uh, love each other. More importantly, love God. Peace.